BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, at just over 8,000 square miles, Israel is is a very small nation, geographically speaking. I mean, did you catch that? Just over 8,000 square miles. It is just smaller than the state of New Jersey. And also by comparison, Lake Michigan is just over 22,000 square miles, more than twice the size of Israel. So why would a nation with such a small geographic footprint impact in such a major way the entire world? I'm talking about impacting our world in the past, in the present, in a very significant way for the future as well. There are some remarkable things going on in Israel and the Middle East right now. So here to bring us not only analysis, but also taking a look through a prophetic lens, we welcome Dr. Richard Schmidt, pastor of the Union Grove Baptist Church, also heads Prophecy Focus Ministries. He's a speaker on the WVCY television program, Prophecy Focus, and the radio broadcast, Prophecy Unfolding. Uh, prior to his current pastoral ministry, he spent some 32 years in law enforcement, including at the end of his tenure, acting sheriff of Milwaukee County, until his retirement in 2019. He's the author of several books, including Are You Going to a Better Place, Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, and Tribulation to Triumph, the Olivet Discourse. And Pastor Schmidt, welcome back here to Crosstalk. Well, thanks so much for having me. You're on my favorite subject, which is Israel, so I can't wait to get into it. Well, the population of Israel is approaching 9 million people right now, according to the latest statistics, which is less than half the population of New York City. Uh, you already heard me describe the geographical footprint. Why does a nation with such a small footprint and small population have such significance? Well, the easy answer is God made it very, very clear that the Jewish people are his chosen ones. He's created four specific unconditional covenants with Israel, and he has a very, very keen interest in Israel. In fact, our good friend Jimmy DeYoung used to say, uh, Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5, everything in God's universe surrounds Israel. It's the center of God's universe. Well, is there something so special about Israel that's, oh, yeah, that's the one that I, I should take because it's so significant? Well, I'll tell you what. The Israel has, first of all, the geographical location. It's a major thoroughway through two different major areas. The people themselves, the land themselves, all line up with what God's prophetic picture is going to unveil, which are some of the things that are happening right before our eyes today. The fact is that God chose this nation. He chose Abraham. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, the Abrahamic Covenant, Genesis chapter 12, makes it very clear that, once again, the Jewish people, they're the apple of God's eye. They're the chosen one. He's hyper-jealous for them. He's absolutely enthralled with the people, not because they've been always good, but because God himself said, listen, these are my people. They're the chosen people, and I am going to, if you will, revolve my universe around Jerusalem. Genesis chapter 12. Absolutely. Well, friends, uh, there are many things going on with Israel right now, and we want to bring to your attention some of those matters. Uh, First of all, uh, Pastor Schmidt, this coming Tuesday, November 1st, Israel will be having its next election for prime minister. I believe it's a fifth election in some three years there. What is the significance? What's going on there? Well, as we've seen, there's been just a, a terrible upheaval between conservatives and liberals, but it works in a much different way than we do here in America uh, the leadership has been going through some very tough things. We've seen Benjamin Netanyahu, of course, who was kind of the front runner for such a long time, got into some, if you will, legal issues which are still unsolved. Uh, the next prime minister that comes in takes in place. Uh, problems exist. The liberals, the conservatives, the Arab community, the ultra conservative Jewish people, all these different groups are constantly fighting back and forth. And if they can't keep the majority of their government with their power, with their party, it's going to dissolve like has happened again. And here we go again, the next election. Okay. And some rumblings about Benjamin Netanyahu, whether or not he'll surface up there or somebody else within the Likud party or a lot of competition. 
Well, Yer Lapide certainly seems to have a, a good thing going for him right now. Uh, there's a lot of folks, including a, a lot of the conservative folks that we know in Israel right now, that are they're still looking for Benjamin not Netanyahu to make a comeback. So mm-hmm. the jury's out right now. We'll see how it uh, comes out to pass in the very close future. And let me just bring this up since we're on the topic of the re-election. We have an election coming up here and perhaps things are changing within our nation. We've just seen a, a change out of what's going on in the U.K. right now with a new prime minister there. Italy has just brought on a new prime minister. There is a lot of world changes going on right now. Well, there absolutely is. And that's it's showing once again there's a lot of unrest. All you have to do is look at, as you stated, the domestic picture, uh, the conservatives versus the liberals, the, the horrible economic state, the rapid deterioration of the military, um, social issues, the woke issues, the racial issues. Uh, the lawlessness that's taking place, the the tremendous division regarding abortion that's in our country right now. So all these really, they're social issues, but they have certainly a biblical nexus that are just causing tremendous division, and it's very contentious right now. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest here today on Crosstalk, I'd like to bring up some significant other matters going on. We got the election, certainly significant for Israel. Last month, there were cattle that arrived at Israel's Ben-Gurion Airport. Uh, They received delivery of five red heifers from Texas. What is the significance of these red heifers and their coming to Israel? Well, that's a great uh, uh, prophetic issue that's taking place. So uh, the Temple Institute in Jerusalem itself run by Rabbi Hiram Richmond. I actually went to a site today to take a look at what was happening, and, and there's just an absolute celebration among the Orthodox Jewish people that these five red heifers have shown up. They have been looking for nearly 2,000 years for the proper, unblemished, perfect red heifer that has to be two years old, never has had a yoke on its back, never been used in labor, and they are very hopeful that one of these five red heifers will indeed match that. Now, here's why. The purification for the Jewish priests, for the temple itself, which is, we're all waiting. When's it going to happen? Well, I think it's going to happen after an event known as the rapture of the church. The Antichrist will confirm a covenant with the Jewish people, Daniel 9.27. And then they'll get this uh, uh, third temple built. The priests have to be purified, and they need the ashes of the red heifer, according to the Old Testament law, in order to purify the priests. So this is setting the stage, once again, for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Okay, so the ashes of the red heifer are so vital there for that third temple and the cleansing of the priest. Um, Now, red heifers have come up before uh, here in in the last decade or two, but they didn't measure up. No, and and again, this is an unbelievable thing that the that the Orthodox priests will go through, they literally go hair by hair on a red heifer. And if uh, they actually, I, I think they were trying to fudge on the last one, and like, well, maybe if it only has five bad hairs, we'll take it. And uh, it just has turned out that they've never had this perfectly unblemished heifer. Mm-hmm. But they're very hopeful that in these five that showed uh, up in Israel from Dallas that maybe, just maybe, they'll get that perfect heifer. Okay, so that's going on, and I was shocked actually, to see the story from 365 News reported earlier this month that 600 Jewish men from the tribe of Levi held a rehearsal on the steps leading up to the Temple Mount to prepare for their role in providing musical accompaniment for the Third Temple service. I'm going to just play an excerpt from this, and then we'll find out about its significance. Very interesting. A rehearsal of Levite men. Well, first of all, I think the music might have been just a hair more upbeat than maybe what they were used to, but it was interesting, and I'm thrilled to hear it. Here's the thing. Where did these 600 Levites all of a sudden come from? When 586, when the temple was destroyed, most of the genealogical records were destroyed at the same time. But marvelous things have taken place in 1979. A DNA test came about that actually are able to track very specific things in the genetics that are actually point back to Aaron, uh, if you will, the priesthood. So they're actually able to determine who these Levitical priests should be. 
So they've been gathering these individuals, they've been doing the testing, and now in fulfillment of what has to take place from Jewish law in order to run that third temple, these Levitical priests are being gathered together, they're being trained in Israel, and it's once again, this is just another thing that is absolutely documenting the accuracy of God's Word as He stated it would be. Now, at the same time, understand that there are mass preparations that are going on for uh, the Third Temple as well. Well, there are. There's two major organizations, the Temple Institute and the Temple Mount Faithful, which uh, Gershom Solomon was the founder of. These two major institutions have been working for years and years trying to get things set up for that third temple. The Bible makes it absolutely clear there must be a third temple. Daniel 9, 27, Matthew 24, 15, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, Revelation 11, 1 and 2 all speak to the fact there must be a third temple. The Temple Institute folks have put together all of the articles, all of the implements that are needed for that third temple to be implemented. So the, the stage is set once again. All that have to happen is the Dome of the Rock has to disappear. And I know some people say, well, are they going to build the temple next to it? I believe strongly, having been to Israel many times, the Holy of Holies rests on the top of Mount Moriah, which is right now covered by the Dome of the Rock, has to come down. The Jewish people then will literally get the temple up there. They'll start the sacrificial system. The Levitical priests will be implemented and God's prophecies regarding that temple will be fulfilled. Many wonder how Islam will allow that to take place. Well, it's an interesting. We actually, I think, are going to discuss an article in a few moments regarding uh, a battle called the Gog-Magog battle. Mm -hmm. In that battle, all of the Islamic nations, according to Ezekiel 38 and 39, are going to rise up against the Jewish people. Now, most of us that are conservative, biblical, um, I'll use the term loosely for myself, but scholars look to the beginning portion of the tribulation, potentially even after the rapture, right before the covenant with uh, the Antichrist is implemented, that the Islamic regime, if you will, it tells us that they're going to come up over the hills, they're going to attack Israel, and God will wipe them out. Now, at that point, when the majority of the Muslim power is taken out, how's that Dome of the Rock come, going to come down? Well, Jim, here's my answer. I don't know, but I know this. It's got to happen so that te that temple can be put up. My Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Pastor Richard Schmidt with us today. And I saw CBN News recently carrying a story on Ethiopian Jews immigrating to Israel. More than 300 arrived just last month from Ethiopia. I saw in 2021 over 27,000 Jews immigrated to Israel, a 30% increase from the previous year. What's the significance of Jews from all over the world returning to Israel? Well, this is this really, Jim, this is one of the highlights of Bible prophecy right now. Now, we're seeing that massive return of Jewish people back to Israel, which is exactly what Ezekiel chapter 37 talked about. Jewish people from all over the known world, 50% of all Jews have returned back to Israel. There's approximately 15 million Jewish people in the world. 7.5 million Jews have returned to Israel since 1948 when they became a state. This is a massive movement. Why? People, Jewish people, you ask them, and I've asked several, why did you return to Israel? Or why are you going to return to Israel? Here's their answer. We feel led to do so. We, we, we need to go back to the homeland. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, popular creation speaker and author with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, now some people say that they don't believe in God because they can't see him. Is this a legitimate argument? No, I don't think it is, Chris. Now, it does take faith to believe in God, but we see all sorts of evidence of Him. We see the results of what He has done. We see many truths in the Bible verified by science and history and thus have a good reason to have faith in the rest. Chris, it amuses me to see so many people believing in aliens. We've never seen an alien. We've searched the heavens with fine detail and can find no clue that anything is out there, but they'll believe in aliens before they believe in God. 
Life is so complex that it must have been created. And that's the Back to Genesis truth. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Jim Schneider, along with uh, Dr. Richard Schmidt, our prophecy focus on Israel today. And uh, talking about some of the goings on, we were just talking about the, uh, in essence, the pilgrimage coming back here to Israel. This is a very significant matter that's taking place, not just from Ethiopia, but uh, this is prophetic that's happening from around the world. Well, it really is. And one thing that's really brought this to light is not just the Ethiopian movement, But uh, Ukraine and Russia definitely have been in the news regarding this. There's an organization called the Jewish Agency, which helps the Jewish people make what's known as, in Hebrew, Aliyah, which is basically going to the land of Israel. These have been happening in rapid numbers. One of the things that also brought us to the forefront is there's many people, Jewish people in Russia, trying to get out of there right now in Ukraine. And uh, Russia specifically has shut down the Jewish agency, trying to forbid Jewish people from leaving the land. So, uh, again, 50% of the Jewish people have returned, according to Ezekiel 37. All the Jewish people will eventually get back there by the time, if you will, the rapture has taken place and the seven-year tribulation period begins. Pastor Richard Schmidt with us here today on Crosstalk. And again, he uh, heads a ministry called uh, Prophecy Focus. He's also pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, Union Grove, Wisconsin. Has authored some books like uh, Are You Going to a Better Place? We've discussed that book with him here on Crosstalk. Another one is Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, and Tribulation to Triumph, the Olivet Discourse. You'll find more information on his ministry at prophecyfocusministries.com. Uh, prophecyfocusministries.com. Uh, you, you mentioned Gog and Magog, and just last week, Charisma News reported that a member of Russian President Vladimir Putin's inner circle of advisors threatened that Moscow is ready to sever diplomatic ties with Israel. Uh, this came after the possibility that Israel may supply arms to Ukraine. Uh, we have the head of the Russian Security Council calling this a reckless move and wrote, it would destroy all bilateral relations between our two countries. Pastor Schmidt, a conflict between Russia and Israel? Well, absolutely, and we know why. Those that are familiar with the prophetic word specifically, again, and uh, we go right back to Ezekiel 38 and 39, which discusses this very issue. What's going to take place is there's going to be several nations that are going to rise up against Israel. This is God's prophetic word, and it absolutely is going to happen Now, if you look in your Bible, you're going to see the terms, speaking of Magog, Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Tagarma, Libya, Persia, Ethiopia, all of these now in their modern-day vernacular, Magog absolutely unequivocally represents Russia. Russia is going to rise up against Israel. Who's going to rise up against Israel? Well, all those from Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Tagarma, which are all parts of Turkey from basically ancient maps. Libya, we already know who Libya is. The name hasn't changed. Persia includes Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iran. Mm. How interesting that uh, uh, Israel's trying to help Ukraine or someone else, and all of a sudden Russia and Iran get very upset with that. Well, this is, once again, it's absolutely setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. It's also interesting that Ethiopia, back from biblical days, now includes Somalia, Sudan, and Ethiopia. Even though there's Jewish people that are coming from Ethiopia back to Israel, the Ethiopians that aren't Jewish are going to be part of the coalition that rises up to attack Israel during the beginning, I believe, of the seven-year tribulation period. Friends, so much is unfolding before our very eyes right now. And uh, a pastor, speaking of Russia, it was just also reported by Israel 365 News that the 
Russian and Syrian governments have announced that they are moving on to the next state, uh, or a stage that is in restructuring or reconstructing the ancient temple of the pagan god Baal in Palmyra. Uh, they state that if successful, the project would be seen as embodying the third incarnation of the Roman victory arch of Palmyra. An ancient Jewish sh- uh, source stated that uh, that this arch must fall and be rebuilt three times before the arrival of the Messiah. Well, it's absolutely amazing. Now, I don't know if I'm going to buy into their uh, particular eschatology, meaning the study of end times, but it's interesting. Here's a pagan temple that actually is talking about in the Old Testament when we're talking about Baal worship. And now we're looking at uh, resurrecting an arch that basically was destroyed recently, of course, during the ISIS uprising, and rebuilding it. Now, it's interesting, and again, I don't hold to extra-biblical prophecy, but it's interesting that this arch has come down before and is going to be rebuilt, and it's setting the stage, at least from their perspective, for the Messiah to come. So uh, I believe there's plenty of biblical reasons why the Messiah is going to be coming very soon at the rapture, and then seven years later at a second coming. But uh, it's just amazing, though, that Syria and Russia are working together on a project again, which basically fits right into Bible prophecy. And 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 an arch, I mean, worshiping the Baal God. I mean, we've seen a shown down on Mount Carmel before. Absolutely. And, and, and that you're speaking to the Elijah uh, uh, scriptures where he prays down gods, if you will, to destroy an offering. And of course, the people that were worshiping Baal, which, of course, is no god at all. It's a false god. It's idolatry. It doesn't exist. And they were cutting themselves, screaming, yelling, begging their god to uh, basically to eat their offering by fire, but it never happened. But, of course, when Elijah called down uh, the fire from the true god, the god of Abraham, Mm -hmm. Isaac, and Jacob, oh, yes, it happened. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. So much unfolding, and I see, according to Bloomberg.com, Russia has been stealing grain from ships out of Ukraine. Uh, I find this interesting because, again, we see this, This uh, if if Israel goes to help Ukraine and Ukraine's having their food stolen by Russia, uh, it appears there's a, a coming food shortage that's going to impact Europe and, and the world as a whole. Well, I, 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 I love this story, not because it's a good story, it's a horrible story. But it sets the stage again for what's going to take place. Revelation chapter 6 talks about a massive famine. Uh, The third seal judgment, the black horse, talks about it's going to be almost impossible to get food. Money is going to be almost impossible to get. People work for an entire day just to get enough food for one meal. It's Once again, it's showing. I couldn't believe the statistics. Twelve tons of grain were just literally taken off the market Uh, by these Russian, if you will, embezzlers, or however you want to call it. There's a massive amount of grain, though, that has been, in the last year, taken 4 million tons of grain and oil seeds valued at $1.9 billion has uh, basically been removed from the market by nefarious acts, specifically Russia being named. So, again, Russia's rising up. Israel is in trouble, if you will. Ukraine is rising up. Other nations are rising up to attack that which is good, honest, and righteous, and it's going to create a massive potential food shortage that's going to play right into the prophetic word in Revelation chapter 6. And we're hearing about that food shortage on a global basis. I mean, we're hearing it. the, the, the rumblings are happening in the United States, but to a greater extent across Europe, China, other locations as well. Well, again, uh, when you look at what's taking place with Ukraine, they've supplied 20 percent of the food, if you will, around certain specific areas. And these are all extremely difficult to overcome. Uh, We've talked about it in the past. Take a look at what's happening right here in our own country. China buying up farmland, massive amounts of farmland, land that's located right next to American military bases, What's going to happen with all that farmland that's being brought up? Well, when you look at Russia embezzling, Iran embezzling, other countries that are taking uh, grain and basically stealing it, all of a sudden it's going to be held by a very few important countries, and the rest of the countries, the rest of the countries, plural, 
are going to be in serious mm-hmm. trouble, and it's going to create this massive famine that uh, the Apostle John talks about once again in Revelation chapter 6. You mentioned Iran earlier, and uh, we want to focus in somewhat here on the, the uprisings, the protests that are going on in Iran. Uh, if you're able to comment on what's taking place in this nation, I know some dealing with a woman that wore a hijab improperly. Well, again, this has made national news, and I think most people, even America, are very familiar with what took place. Uh, this young lady who uh, was not wearing, if you will, the hijab, which is basically it covers almost the entire body except for enough for a, a young lady to look out of or a lady to look out of. And this lady supposedly, and this is at least what's been reported around the world, part of her hair was uncovered, which then sparked the Iranian police, if you will, the modesty patrol of all things, grabs this young lady, begins to beat her savagely, supposedly was had her skull broken in uh, uh, by batons that were being used, mm-hmm. and she ends up dying. Now, this sparked a massive protest, which is now, I believe, into its fifth or sixth week, where over 215 people have been reported now that have been killed by uh, uh, the Iranian people or the Muslim patrols trying to squelch some of these protests. 27 children have been reported killed in these as well. So it, uh, the Iranian people, uh, the the Islamic folks that normally would hold to this very strict way of doing business, they're getting fed up with their own government and the horrific persecution that they're facing from their own government over things as simple as some hair was showing out of the hijab. Now, at the same time, and that's what's so shocking about this, we have President Biden that's continuing to push for this new nuclear, this Iran nuclear deal. Well, again, this is uh, almost unthinkable. It, it makes zero sense as to why a country that literally wants to blow America off the face of the earth, why in the world would we try and help them along with a nuclear deal? Uh, the previous administration, I believe, had it right. Cut the ties with Iran. Listen, hold them accountable. And instead, we're cozying up with them. It makes literally no sense. Jim, the only thing I can think of, why would anyone do this? And with all due respect, anyone who is that blinded to what's taking place, somehow there's satanic control that's going on. Right. That's the best way I can come up with it. Wow, wow. Well, uh, last month, we also had President Biden speak before the United Nations, and uh, he reaffirmed his commitment for a two-state solution for Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, That really is not a pro-Israel position, is it? Well, it's not. Now, some people think it is that, oh, if we can get the Palestinian Arabs and Jewish people to work together and create this nice two-state solution that everything will be just beautiful. Well, folks, absolutely, the Arabs are not going to put up with a two-state solution. They'll put up with a one-state solution if the Palestinians are in control of it. Some of the liberal Jewish parties, yeah, they will consider a two-state solution. But I'll tell you, Jim, who will not put up with a two-state solution, and that's God himself. God made it very clear that that land of Israel, of which they only owe own one-tenth of the land that God has promised to them, as pointed out in Genesis 15, they have 90% of their land to get back. So not only will there not be a two-state solution in the future, there'll be a one-state solution where Jesus Christ will return to this earth, set up his millennial kingdom, Revelation 21 to 7, and it will be a one unified kingdom. So is this like poking God in the eye? Well, it absolutely is. It's uh, And of course, people don't realize they're doing that, but if you don't understand the scriptures, you don't understand the Bible, you don't specifically practice 2 Timothy 2.15 to study, to show yourselves approved unto God, workmen and workwomen that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The government isn't about to do that. So eventually they'll figure it out when uh, uh, those that are anti-God literally will be judged during the tribulation. And when Jesus returns seven years after that, it will be very obvious that God wasn't kidding with what he wrote in the scriptures. Friends, there's a lot that's unfolding before us right now. Uh, Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest today, uh, our prophecy focus on Israel today. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to be looking at things like the growing anti-Semitism that's taking place. And also CNN running a story on rapture anxiety. What's that all about? Back in a minute here on Crosstalk.
The Bible follows the rise and fall of kingdoms and governments, covers millennia of ancient history, and reveals God's plan for humanity through powerful accounts that still speak to us today. In the hardcover book, Charting the Bible Chronologically, authors Tommy Ice and Ed Heinsen have teamed up to provide readers a panoramic view of the events recorded in Scripture, all laid out in chronological order. This book takes you from the words, In the Beginning, all the way to the New Jerusalem. With 40-plus full-color charts, you will see timelines of biblical history, pre-flood genealogy, Israel, the life of Christ, and a master fold-out chart of the entire Bible. This is a vital resource for new believers and Bible scholars alike, providing a visual guide to God's unfolding plan. Charting the Bible Chronologically is available for a donation of $25 or more to VCY. Call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America with a prophecy focus on Israel today. Amazing things going on, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Richard Schmidt is our guest. He is pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, also heads Prophecy Focus Ministries. He's got a couple broadcasts on uh, both radio and television, on television, Prophecy Focus, on radio. It's called Prophecy Unfolding, and uh, you can learn more about his ministry at prophecyfocusministries.com. That's prophecyfocusministries.com. Well, Pastor Schmidt, uh, we are seeing not only hostilities toward Israel from, from nations, I mean, the threats from Iran, wiper off the face of the earth, from Russia, and, and from other nations as well, but we're also seeing... There's growing anti-Semitism taking place here in the United States as well. Uh, Primarily, it's being evidenced on college campuses. Well, it is. And uh, it's actually made, again, national news regarding the massive amount of anti-Semitic acts that are taking place. Now, why is all this happening? Well, it's, it's no surprise, Jim, because unfortunately, the secular world, those that don't understand really God's plan are attacking God's people. So there's this massive anti-Zionism, which is basically those that support Israel. It's an attack on on those that do support Israel, which I happen to be one of those that support them. Um, We've heard in the past about the BDS, which is the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions that have come out against Israel. Don't buy their products. Don't support the Jewish people. And just horrible anti-Semitic things that are taking place. So on some of the college campuses, there's there's really been this oppression that's been taking place. Here's, here's one of the key reasons. It's because there's a significant influx of Arab-Palestinians, if you will, and who are literally, now they're pro-Palestinian Israel, but they're absolutely anti-Jewish Israel. So these groups that have formed, there are many, many Muslims, of course, Islamic uh, folks that attend the college campuses, and they're looking at Israel as invading, or the Jewish people literally, as invading their land. The, the Palestinians, the Arabs, the, the Muslim people honestly believe, falsely, that the Jewish people should not be on that property. In other words, they believe Israel belongs to the Palestinians. Well, God made it very clear back in the 1000 uh, B.C. when he had the first temple erected that the land belongs to the Jewish people. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 5 states that Israel, not just the 10% they have now, but the entire land, which includes many other areas surrounding Israel that God promised to them, it's their land. So it really comes down to this. The Palestinian Arabs saying, nope, this is our land, the Jewish people then are looked at as occupying land that they are not deserved to occupy, which is causing this tremendous amount of tension on school campuses. And it it is just proliferating on college campuses, and some very horrible things have happened as a result. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk, and uh, we're going to get to that rapture anxiety in just a moment, but we were talking about the rise up of different world leaders here just a bit ago, and there is also something that's been significant with China itself, as Xi Jinping just uh, became the China's most powerful ruler uh, since, uh, uh, well, in historic terms, since Mao Zedong. Zidong. Um, but I find it interesting that uh, we see that coalition seeming to happen with China and Russia and Iran. I mean, that should call, cause our ears to perk up. Well, it does. And again, for those that aren't familiar with Bible prophecy, 
we've already talked about the coalition between Russia and Iran and Syria and other different places. Now, where does China fit into this? Well, it's not out of the Gog-Magog issue. You have to go to Revelation chapter 16 when China, one of the massive kings of the East, is going to rise up and attack Israel at the end of the tribulation period, basically in what's known as the Battle of Armageddon. Now, we were talking a little bit before about Armageddon, the, the media, the secular media, People seem to think Armageddon can be used in a multitude of ways, which they do. But the fact is, there is going to be a massive battle against Israel where all of these nations that are left will rise up, and China happens to be one of the key factors in that, being one of the kings of the East. So it's interesting that even now we're seeing China align with those nations that are going to attack Israel right at the beginning of that seven-year tribulation period. At least that's what most scholars believe. And China probably is going to be involved in in that battle, even though they're not literally mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So it's just amazing how God's prophetic word is coming together. And right now things are setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. You know, we're going to open phone lines in just a moment here, but shockingly, late last month, CNN ran a story on what they called rapture anxiety. And they're they're trying to present in some very, you know, the severe stress that some have been under because of their one-time held belief in the rapture. But now they have, uh, these people have found a, a, formed a network called X evangelicals. Uh, They call the belief in the rapture as being a damaging belief of some evangelical, Pentecostal, and Baptist churches. Your response and what they're calling this rapture anxiety. Well, I did read the articles from CNN regarding this issue, and and I was really taken back by it. I actually felt bad when I'm I'm reading this that that there's young people, teenagers, adults that uh, uh, find themselves in in a situation where all of a sudden, they're alone, and they've heard about the rapture, and they think that they've been left behind. Well, understandably, that would be a negative event that took place. But here's what's even more sad, and I really do feel sorry for someone if they if they were in that situation. But here's what's really disturbing. Those that reject the literal rapture, those that reject the Bible narrative of what's going to be taking place, that's the saddest thing of all. The thing that CNN was reporting on is, well, we need to get rid of uh, fundamentalism. We need to get rid of the Bible. We need to get rid of uh, the concept of the rapture. No, we don't. We need to proclaim it very, very strongly because it absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is the next prophetic event on God's prophetic calendar. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 54. Make it very clear that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. It actually is going to happen. So uh, uh, preachers, teachers, of course, we need to be sensitive in, in how we present those facts, but it is a fact. And actually to literally miss the rapture, that's catastrophic. People will then be forced into that seven-year tribulation period. Now, let's make it real clear, Jim, and we love the gospel here. Uh, I know VCY loves the gospel. No one needs to go and, or no one needs to miss, if you will, the rapture. Any single person, the Bible tells us, that understands they're a sinner, Romans 3.23, and understands that the penalty of that sin actually is physical and spiritual death, but that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came down from heaven, died on the cross for their sins, was buried and resurrected three days later. And the Bible makes it very clear. He's got a free gift for every single person listening today that if they'll place their faith and trust in what Jesus did for them on the cross, realizing they can't get to heaven on their own, if they'll accept Christ today, there's absolutely no way that they will miss the rapture. Friends, the scripture says to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're opening our phone line here today, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Prophecy focus on Israel here today and some of the goings on that are taking place. I mean, Unbelievable matters, uh, uh, they're believable because we're seeing them, of course, but the, the five red heifers are being flown in from Dallas into into Israel. We see also the 600 Jewish men from the tribe of Levi holding a rehearsal on the steps leading up to the Temple Mount. We're seeing the 
the mass migration of Jews that are returning to uh, Israel as well. We have the threat coming from Russia right now, uh, indicating that they might uh, destroy all bilateral relations between them and Israel. Interesting things that are happening right now. And uh, so we're taking your phone calls today, 800-733-9829. Richard Schmidt is our guest. And again, his website, Prophecy Focus Ministries. Dot com prophecy focus ministries dot com let's go to the phone lines we've got uh, Joe calling in from Laval Wisconsin you're on the air hey mr. Schneider and dr. Schmidt I, I just have some comments that might hopefully shed some light on why so many uh, at least secular college students are skeptical of Israel so um, I mean I was in college about 15 years ago but even at that time you know before social media, was really taking off and whatnot. Uh, on campus, there is definitely a culture of uh, BDS, as um, you know, Dr. Schmidt pointed out earlier. The um, that whole movement against Israel, anti-Zionism, because a few factors that I saw. One is the um, Muslim Student Association tends to be very, very outspoken, and um, they have their uh, monthly meals to try to not only recruit converts, you know, to Islam, but if they can't convert them to Islam, they'll try to make them anti-Zionist. And another factor is organization uh, for Israel. They have their social events too, but those Kofi events are just so dominated by Jewish students who go to synagogues and whatnot that a lot of the non-Jews, myself included at the time, just felt intimidated, and when I went to a few events, inevitably one of the Jewish students, I mean, God bless them, but they would ask me, are you sure you're not Jewish? Why don't you mm. run some genealogy? Yeah. And at the time, I felt very offended. Oh, Joe, hey, we appreciate yeah. that. Uh, for the sake of time, did you have a question here for Pastor Schmidt? Oh, yeah, sure thing. Okay, so uh, Dr. Schmidt, uh, what would you say is the... Um, cause and effect of, like, getting rid of the dome in Iraq. I, I mean, earlier it sounded to me as if you were saying the um, the Arabs will attack Israel, and then when Israel fights back or God fights back, that's when the dome in Iraq will be removed. Or I'm just trying to follow the chain of events here. Thank Great. you for clarifying. Thank you. All right. Well, very simply, what the Scripture lets us know is that that battle will take place. Now, the Bible does not, I mean, it does not state exactly how that Dome of the Rock is going to come down, which is why I made the rare statement that I don't know. And I mean that sarcastically, but I do not know. The, the Bible doesn't tell us. Will it be part of the battle? Will a, will a missile hit it? Will a bomb hit it? Will, uh, as happened in 1967, when one of the Jewish generals was going to walk in with a handful of dynamite and blow it up, and the, uh, Islam, or the uh, Israel leader said, stand down, don't blow it up. We don't know how it's going to happen. What what we do know is that third temple must be built. I quoted multiple passages a few minutes ago. So it's got to come down the exact way it's going to come down. The Scripture does not reveal it. Okay, thank you for the call. Let's go next to Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Al, you're on the air. Yes, uh, concerning the recently acquired uh, Texan red heifers, my understanding has always been through conservative scholars that a condition that must be met for that red heifer is that it be born in Israel. Are these recent uh, or current Jewish uh, religious leaders ignoring that in desperation? What is Pastor Schmidt's understanding of that issue? Great, thank you. All right, there's two main books, if you will, or books of commentaries called the Talmud and the Mishnah. Some is oral, some is written tradition. So the written tradition, the oral tradition— certainly is pushing that those red heifers should be born in Israel. Well, if you look at the scriptural analysis of it, is it absolutely necessary that they're born in Israel? Well, of course, the the Orthodox Jewish people, the Hasidic people have determined they don't need to be. So uh, are they breaking maybe some of their oral and written tradition, not necessarily the scriptures? The answer is yes. Uh, But they're willing to do that in order to, if you will, file the Old Testament law in order to make this become a reality. Al, thank you so much for your phone call here today. We appreciate it. And uh, we're up against a break. So uh, we'll come back to more of your calls here on Crosstalk. Pastor Richard Schmidt is with us today with our Prophecy Focus on Israel, our number 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. 
For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Well, as many of you know by now, Kanye West came out and made a bunch of anti-Semitic comments about the Jewish people. I warned on my national radio show that this public figure, who's being praised by many on the right and the left, would be used to justify more anti-Semitism. Well, over the weekend, it's being reported by a Fox Los Angeles station that a big anti-Semitic sign saying that Kanye West was right about the Jews was flying over the interstate. My friends, I have done conferences, two of them, national conferences a few years ago called Holocaust Horizon, warning about the dangers of the rise of anti-Semitism. We have said since Nazi Germany, never again. But my friends, the anti-Semitism is rising. But let's be clear, it's rising from the right and from the left, including within evangelicalism with replacement theology that says God is done with Israel. That's a lie. Be on guard. listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our phone lines are packed. We're just asking those who are online, make sure you get right to your question, or if you have a comment, make it brief, but but uh, get right to the point so that we can get as many in of you as possible on the broadcast. Pastor Richard Schmidt is with us. Let's go right back to the phone lines in Olney, Illinois. George, thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Thank you for taking my call. I don't want to sound like I'm straining at a gnat, but Abraham was not Jewish. He was Hebraic. And Jesus was a Jew because he was from the tribe of Judah. And Benjamin, uh, Paul was a Jew. Um, basically, it the word Jew is a byword. It's kind of like a curse word. And uh, I think hmm. that for the most part, we need to refer to those Israelites as Hebrew, Hebrews mm-hmm. because they did cross over. Well, okay, we're going to have the pastor comment on that. Uh, Jesus was known as the king of the Jews. Right. Well, I'd love to comment on it because I'm a tour guide in Israel. I've spent a great deal of time there. And when I've talked to my Jewish friends and uh, Jewish tour guides, and I'll, I'll call them at times, I'll use the word Jewish, and they're like, we're not Jewish, we're Jews. And uh, the the Hebrew people, if you will, they have adapted the term uh, Jew, and they actually prefer to be called that. So I appreciate the comment, and I appreciate the the scholarly look, but in reality, the function of it is the Jewish people like to be called Jews. Let's go to Brian next. Hi, Brian, you're on the air. Yes, I got a question for Dr. Schmidt. What does he know about this um, rare blue dye that's needed for the high priest's robe and belt and tassels? All right. Uh, the the dye, if you will, comes from, and I believe, I want to say some type of a specific snail oyster. I, I quite frankly don't remember where it comes from, uh, but it definitely is available. And uh, again, I don't know exactly where that's from, so you kind of half stumped me there, but I do know that it has to take place. And by the way, the Jewish people have already built or uh, designed the robes. They already exist. They're at the Temple Institute, so they're ready to roll with that. No hindrance there? No. Okay, thank you for the call. Uh, let's go next to uh, Monroe. Hi, Mark, you're on the air. Yeah, um, my question is this. Um, how would you describe the uh, contemporary church's relationship with Israel today, especially mm-hmm. in light of all the uh, upcoming uh, prophetic events that will take place? Um, my fear is uh, somewhere between ignorance and difference, and hopefully not uh, anti-Semitism. Okay, thank you, Mark. Well, Mark, you've hit a nail on the head, and one which is one of the main reasons why I started Prophecy Focus Ministries. The uh, Pre-Trib Research Society, and many of you know Dr. Tommy Ice, if you follow uh, VCY-TV at all in radio, uh, made this statement that about 60% of all churches, specifically, we'll just look at America right now, are covenant theologians, which believe in replacement theology. In other words, that Israel has no future. That's extremely disturbing because the four unconditional covenants that God gave to Israel, the returning of the Jewish people to Israel, which we're seeing take place before our eyes, all these things point to the fact that Israel does have a future after the rapture of the church. So, yes, I'm very concerned about it. We preach this actively in order to try and educate people about what the literal, not the spiritualizing and allegorizing of Scripture is, but the literal interpretation of text. Yes, if we don't get back to that, if the churches don't get back to that, Israel will basically be just diminished as far as their importance from the church's eyes. 
Fred is next. Uh, hi, Fred, you're on the air. Yes, if uh, Israel does have a red heifer and they do sacrifice it anywhere in Israel or the uh, Temple Mount, isn't it an insult to Yahweh the Father and Yeshua the Son and blaspheming the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus said in the cross, as far as it is finished once for all, his his death paid for it, and he washes us in his own blood mm-hmm. in Revelations 1.5. Thank you, Fred. Well, the interesting thing is that these, of course, are, are not Christians. These are Orthodox Jewish people. They are returning, according to Ezekiel 37, in unbelief. These aren't folks that are, if you will, uh, like you, that I have some education when it comes to New Testament, the things that Jesus Christ accomplished. So they're quite frankly not concerned about that. But the one thing we know is in order for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled, that this third temple must be built. So in other words, the Jewish people, they are going to fulfill the prophecies that God has set for them. And if indeed they do sacrifice, if they ever find that that red heifer, is it, uh, it's basically being done, and I'll just use the word, in unbelief. And uh, thank you for the call, Fred. And also, that's not the end of the story. You've been on the program before, and we don't have time for it, but you've talked about the abomination of desolation and Jesus Christ returning and and, uh, the 144,000, and it it is uh, much—one of your books goes into that, does it not? It does. In fact, all of them do. Okay. (laughs) So uh, you can find that uh, through his ministry here or through VCY. We've got a couple of them here available. Uh, Let's go to Mike next in Mount Pleasant. You're on the air. Hi. A few minutes ago— the uh, pastor that I kept on talking about, people who thought they missed the rapture. My question is, when the rapture happens, isn't everybody in the world going to know about it? How could anybody possibly miss it? Well, this is a, this was the million-dollar question because, in fact, uh, before we went on air, uh, Jim and I were talking about there's a massive movement now among uh, uh, people about UFOs. And again, do I am I buying into it? I'm just simply stating what the secular world is looking at. Listen, when a five percent, six percent of the world's population all of a sudden disappears, they got to make up something. So, if whether they're going to blame it on UFOs, whether they're going to blame it on a pandemic where all of a sudden mass amounts of people died, who we don't know how they're going to deal with it because the scriptures don't tell us. So, yes, it's very interesting. Unfortunately, well, no, fortunately. We won't be here, those of us that have trusted Christ, to see it, but it definitely is going to happen. Thank you for the call. We've got Leroy next in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, so I wanted to ask about the uh, seven-year return of Jesus after the rapture. I might have said that backwards. But, um, yeah, so if he used to return seven years after the rapture, it tells us in the verse that you know, we ought to know the season, but we don't know the time. Could you kind of help me there? Sure. And, Pastor, we have just 30 seconds. All right, absolutely. Well, Daniel 9, uh, verse 27, makes it very clear the rapture or the uh, uh, tribulation period will be seven years long. We don't know exactly when the tribulation will start, because after the rapture, what will take place? Well, there'll be something is going to happen that's going to allow the Antichrist to uh, take his position. So do we know the exact day or hour when he's going to return? Uh, according to the scriptures, no, it's it, we can't get it pinpointed. But according to, to prophecy, we can get a fairly good idea. But we know there's a seven-year tribulation, a 1,000-year millennium, and Jesus has to reappear before that millennium starts, Revelation 19 and 20. Friends, thank you for your calls. We've run out of time, and we apologize to others who have been holding here as well. But uh, more information available in this book, Tribulation to Triumph, the Olivet Discourse, available here through VCY, calling 800-729-9829. Thank you, Pastor, for being with us. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.